Well, good morning. If you have your Bible with you, if you want to go ahead and find Joshua chapter 3, we'll be in Joshua chapter 3 this morning. Uh, this is our second week as we look, as we learn how we can get out of being in a rut, how we can quit going through the motions, and how we can overcome obstacles in life. And last week, we looked at, at we learned that we needed to accept godly leaders, that we needed to be ready to follow, and we needed to consecrate ourselves, that we need to be holy because he is holy. And we saw how God was ready to move in the life of the Israelites, of the people. And they needed to be ready because God said, I am going to do wonders among you. I am going to do something amazing if you follow me. And I want you to know today that God is still ready to do amazing things, that he's still ready to do wonders among us. In the life of this church, this, this local body of believers, God is ready to take this church outside of these four walls so that we can be obedient to him, so that we can do what he's called us to do, to go and make disciples. We just need to be ready. We're going to pick up this morning where we left off last week. We're going to continue our journey across the Jordan with Joshua and the people. After we've prepared ourselves, after we've got ready, it means it's time to move forward. It's time to make the crossing. But more than anything, what I want you to understand this morning is how we can do that with full confidence, no matter how difficult, no matter how hard it looks or seems to be. God's ready to lead us somewhere. He's ready to lead us somewhere that we have never been before. And we need the assurance, we need that confidence that He is going to lead us where He wants to lead us. Not where we want to go, but where He leads because, well, let's be honest, if we let our decisions guide us, we find ourselves just going through the motions, stuck in a rut, just like the Israelites who had spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness. So let's pray, and we'll go to our text for this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you that we're able to worship you freely and openly. Thank you uh, for the time of worship that we've had um, through our giving and through singing. And Lord, I just ask as we go to your word that our hearts, our minds, that we're ready to hear you, to listen to you, and to be faithful to what you call us to do. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you that this morning we can see how we can take that first step, how we can take that first step of obedience and allow you to do something amazing among us. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name I pray. Amen. So Joshua chapter 3, starting in verse 7, it says, The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant, when you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out before, from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take twelve men from the tribes of Israel, from each tribe a man. And when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of the Jordan. The waters of the Jordan shall be cut off from flowing, and the waters coming down from above shall stand in one heap. 
So when the people set out from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people, and as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. The waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away. At Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan, and those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over opposite Jericho. Now the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. And all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. Now I want you to think about what Joshua tell, God tells Joshua to do. He says, tell the priests who are carrying my ark, tell the priests who are carrying my presence with the people that when you come to the edge of the Jordan's waters, I want you to go and stand in it. I want you to stand in the river. Now, the Jordan's not normally a very imposing river. It's, it's between 90 to 100 feet across. It's normally 3 to 10 feet deep. The places where you would normally cross, it'd just be up to your waist. You can walk across it. But it's not a normal time for the Jordan River, is it? It's at flood stage. And today, the river, it doesn't flood like it used to because there are dams up and down the river. But prior to that, when the spring rains came, the snow would mount on, melt on Mount Hermon, and the river changed drastically. It could become almost a mile from shore to shore. And the waters would be going so quickly because it flows downhill into the Dead Sea. See, crossing's not going to be easy. And it'd be pretty much impossible for those men who were going to carry the ark. But Joshua, what does he do? He says to the people, come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And there is no better way that they could have started out than with those words. Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. Because today, if we're willing to do the same, if we are willing to come and listen to the words of God, there are three things that we need to learn, and knowing them will help us take our first step across our Jordan. And the first one is, know that He is among you. Know that He is among us. Joshua tells the people that you will know that the living God is among you. He says that God will without fail drive out before them all the people that occupy the land. He's going to drive out the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, and the Jebusites. God is going to drive all the ites out of the land. Do you know what the biggest fear of the people was? Do you know the thing that they were most afraid of? Do you remember what kept them from entering the promised land with Moses? In Numbers 13, the Lord told Moses, I want you to send 12 spies into the land. Check it out. Know that it is good. And those men came back. And 10 of them said, it's great, it's beautiful, but eh, problem. The people that live there, they are bigger than us. They're stronger than us. And we are like little bugs in perspective. Caleb and Joshua said, no, we've got this. And God got a little angry. He was ready to destroy the people. He was ready to just start over from scratch. Because they had so little faith in him. And it was only because Moses argued their case that he didn't destroy them. But God's like, this is the final straw. 
None of the men who had seen the miracles that God performed in Egypt would be allowed to enter into the promised land, except Caleb and Joshua. And God, what he's telling them that day is that I am going to take care of your biggest fear. I'm going to take care of the biggest obstacle that you're facing. You don't even need to worry about it. So let me ask, what's your biggest fear? What is it that you're most afraid of? Are you afraid of sharing your faith with others? Are are you afraid of letting other people know that you're a Christian? Are you afraid of, of the unknown? Are you afraid of change? Are you afraid of just moving forward? What is it you're afraid of? Fear is probably the single biggest Jordan, the single biggest obstacle that we face as Christians. And what does fear do? It keeps us stuck in one place. Fear keeps us in a rut. Fear keeps us from getting up and following when he calls us to follow. But do you know what? When we come and we listen to the words of our Lord, the words of God, we can know that he is among us, that he's with us. So what do we have to fear? Don't let fear stop you from following, because if you come and listen, then you'll know that the living God is among you, that he is with you and he is for you. Paul would write in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And if we can overcome our fear, the next thing that we need to do is to know that he goes before you. We need to know that he goes before us. Verse 11 tells us, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over before you into the Jordan. Think of it. The Jordan River, a mile across, rapid currents, It couldn't have been a very good prospect to cross over. But God says, I'm going to go first. I am going to go before you. And it's almost reminiscent of when they crossed the Red Sea. But that time, what did God do? He cleared the water before the people passed. Moses, he stretched out his hand over the Red Sea, and all through the night the wind blew and dried up a passage for them to cross with a wall of water on each side. They had that advantage, though, didn't they? They could see the path that God prepared for them. They could see the dry ground. And this time, God says, I'm doing this different. Because God does like to do things differently. He says, I'm going to go first. I'm going to go before you, but but I'm not going to part the waters. I'm not going to stop them until until your feet touch the water. The water's not going to stop flowing into the soles of the feet of the men carrying my ark to enter into the river. <laughs> and I think most of the people were probably pretty relieved at that point. They're thinking, at least I'm not a priest. I don't want to be one of those guys because guess what? They're going to drown. I can sit back and I can watch what happens. I'm going to wait and sit back here and see if what God said he's going to do even works. But aren't people still like that? They still want to sit back and they still want to wait and they want to let someone else take the initiative. They're going to let somebody else take the chance. They're going to let somebody else go out on a limb. And if it works, 
well, they might get up and follow. But if it doesn't, they'll be the first one to say, I told you so. I knew that wasn't going to work. We shouldn't have even tried that to begin with. And they throw that we in there like they actually did something. Let me ask. Do you think that this church would be here if somebody didn't go out on a limb and say, hey, this is a perfect place for a church. We won't ever cross our Jordan. We'll never overcome the obstacles in our life if we don't follow when God leads us. When we know that he's going before us. And if you're one of those people who just like to sit back and watch, if you're one of those people who thinks, well, your pastor and your staff, they're the ones who need to carry that ark and they need to go first. If you think that I'm your priest, listen to what Peter has to say about that. He writes in 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, But you were a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Who was Peter talking to? Who was he writing to? Was he just writing to the pastors in a local church? Was he just addressing the church staff? Was he just saying, hey, if you're a missionary, you're, you're a royal priesthood? He was writing to the chosen people of God. He was writing to everyone who will ever come to faith in Jesus Christ. So if you're a Christian... If you say you're a Christian, Peter says that you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and a people belonging to God. And you know what that means? It means you. It means you're a priest. God wants you out there on the front lines. He wants you up there with him, not holding back to see how things turn out before you start to move. What would you have done? I'm sure the people in Joshua would have remembered the words of Moses just before his death because he told Joshua in the presence of all the Israelites in Deuteronomy 31.8, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Joshua was certain that God was going before him. He knew he didn't have anything that he needed to be afraid of. He was ready to move forward. He was ready to get out of that rut, to quit going through the motions, to overcome the obstacles of the last 40 years. And he was ready to move past their biggest obstacle. If we know that he's among us, that he's going to go before us, I want to read verses 14 to 17 again. So when the people set out, from their tents to pass over the Jordan with the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as soon as those bearing the Ark had come as far as the Jordan, and the feet of the priest bearing the Ark were dipped in the brink of the water, now the Jordan overflows all of its banks throughout the time of harvest, the waters coming down from above stood and rose up in a heap very far away at Adam, the city that is beside Zarethan. And those flowing down toward the Sea of the Arabah, the Salt Sea, were completely cut off. And the people passed over, Opposite Jericho. Now the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood firmly on dry ground 
in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel was passing over on dry ground until all the nation finished passing over the Jordan. The last thing that we need to know might be the most important. We need to know that he stands firm for you. He stands firm for us. The people, they got up from their tents, and the priest, remember that's you, they took the ark before the people, and when the feet of the priest touched the water's head, the water had quit flowing. It, it was like you turned the tap off in your sink. It was like flipping a switch. When that first foot touched that water, God stopped it. And we're told that the ark of the covenant stood firmly on dry ground. Now, they should have stepped into a muddy mess. It would have been slippery. It would have been like quicksand. You know the kind of mud when you walk through and it just starts pulling your shoes off? Every single step would have been a struggle, a battle. It would have been horrible trying to go from one side to the other. But all of the Israelites passed over on dry ground. They should have been covered in mud. They should have been filthy, and they weren't. Do you know why? They were obedient to the command of God. God told him, I was going to do an amazing thing. I'm going to do wonders. And he did. He gave them solid ground to cross over on. And he still does that today. See, today he might call us to do something that we think it's impossible. He may call us to, to change. He may call us to try something new. He may call us to leave these four walls and actually do something. He may call us forward, to move forward, even though it looks like it's impossible. And we might be afraid. We might be afraid to go first. Our Jordan, it may look too wide and too dangerous to cross. And God promises his people. In Isaiah chapter 43, verses 1 and 2, But now thus says the Lord, he who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not. Don't be afraid, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you, and through the rivers they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned, and the flame shall not consume you. Understand the truth that God stands firm for us. He is never going to break his word to us. We don't have anything to be afraid of. See, if we're going in the direction that God's leading us, those waters, they're not going to stop us. They may look scary, they may look intimidating, but understand the truth that God will stand firm for us. And that biggest problem, our biggest obstacle, it's taking that first step. Because once you do take that first step, you don't know where you might end up. If you take that first step, it could lead you anywhere. God could lead you to fill a position or a need in this church. God could lead you to start reaching out to your friends and neighbors. God could even lead you into full-time ministry. He could call you to be a missionary either somewhere in this country or all over the world. Listen to me. Don't limit God. Don't limit God because you can't see past the river. 
Don't think your river that it is an obstacle for him because he will be with you. He will go before you and he will stand firm for you. Martin Luther King Jr. said, Faith, faith is taking the first step even when you can't see the whole staircase. Today, God doesn't want us to sit still any longer. His plan isn't for us to sit still. We don't have to be stuck in a rut. We don't have to go through the motions because God is moving. He is moving in this church. He is moving in this community. Are you ready to take the first step and follow him? As the worship team comes, that first step, it can be terrifying, can't it? That first step, it can look imposing. That first step might just look too difficult to take, but God says, trust me, I've got this, and I want to use you because I have plans for you. I have plans to lead you somewhere to achieve something to be something you may not be today. God has plans for this church. God has plans to use this church to do amazing things in this community. And he wants us to be part of that. He wants us to be obedient and faithful. He wants us to take that step, to just take it in faith and say, Lord, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know where I'm going to wind up but I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to follow you. Take me wherever you need me. Maybe for you that first step is knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus came. He lived a perfect, sinless life. He died a horrible death on a Roman cross. He was buried, and on that third day, raised back to life. So that when we put our faith, our trust, and our hope in him, we can have a new life. By admitting that we're sinners, believing that Christ died for us, and confessing our faith in Him. Maybe you need to take that step. Maybe the next step in that is to be baptized, to follow Christ in obedience in believers' baptism. Maybe He's asking you to take that step to be part of this body of believers, to join this church fellowship. What is that step He's asking you to take today? And are you willing to do it? I'm going to pray and I encourage you. This is a time for you to respond, not to me, but to him. Don't leave here the same as you walked in this morning. I'm going to pray. They'll lead us in worship. And you take that step. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you. Thank you for this morning. Thank you. Uh, for the faithfulness of Joshua and the people, that they were willing to take that first step, even though it seemed impossible, that they were willing to trust you and be faithful. Lord, I just pray for us this morning. I pray that we take that step, that we step out in faith, we follow you obediently, and we allow you to do wonders in our lives, in this church, in this community, and all around the world. 
Lord, I pray that if there is someone here that does not know your son as their personal Lord and Savior, that they take this opportunity to, to publicly declare their faith in you. And Lord, I just pray that that first step, and it doesn't scare us, but, but we take it anyway. And we take the chance to be faithful. Lord, thank you for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name I pray.